It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Jacob Roach in for Kelly Bidlin tonight. Watching a couple NFL games. Simultaneously, Philly up over Washington. They were down ten to nothing. They now lead seven to uh, seventeen to ten, and appear to be in control of this football game. Third quarter in Philly, ten to ten though in Los Angeles at SoFi. And uh, after tying up the game, Seahawks starting off, or after the Rams tied up the game, Seahawks starting off nicely on this subsequent drive. Five thirty left in the third quarter in both of these. Uh, Score more points, Rams. <laughs> we can really use the Rams to uh, get the win here for a certain amount of bets. But right now, the uh, the live lines on these ball games, uh, Rams are three and a half point favorites. Total is thirty seven. Eagles up to a thirteen and a half point favorite with a total forty four at Philly. We bring in Drew Dinsick from both NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast and the Deep Dive podcast with Andy Molitor. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing well. Love me some Tuesday night football. And what started out as two pretty horrific games and horrific broadcasts has turned into some pretty entertaining football all of a sudden. So you can't stop DJ Dallas. You can only no. hope to contain him. Uh, what, I was just asking this of Matt, but like, what do you make of the Rams here, man? Like, cause the Seahawks are live <laughs> here in this football game. Yeah. They are gashing him to some degree. 
And you just wonder, like, the performance like this, if the Rams were to lose, just think about your narrative, not yours specifically, but anyone's narrative on the Rams, how good they can look one week and just how pedestrian they can another. We saw this earlier this season. This feels like deja vu all over again. They have that huge win where they look like world beaters against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the next week out, they go up against the Cardinals and they just, they were a different team. And uh, it's somewhat, it has to be related to their preparation. It somewhat has to be related to the way that this team is rostered. Uh, it's a stars and scrubs unit in general. And uh, I guess in, you know, you have thinner margins if you don't have resiliency, if you don't have, you know, uh, you know, just a stronger foundation to rely on in games like this. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, they looked amazing last week, beating the Cardinals. And then this week to, to come back and, uh, uh, and put up a, a little bit of a lackluster effort is, uh, you know, it's, it's not entirely unsurprising. I will say that some of the coaching decisions in the first half by McVay were pretty questionable. Uh, some of the sequencing didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, ultimately I still think they probably win this game. Um, but it's certainly not going to be as uh, straightforward as it ought to have been considering that where they are in the the, uh, uh, in the kind of fabric of the season compared to the Seahawks who are playing for not very much at all. I am seeing some Rams apologists here on the Twitter machine, which I think is at least somewhat fair to bring up is um, so even though these guys did get cleared from COVID and they were, you know, didn't most of them claim that they were asymptomatic. And stuff, you're not allowed in the building. You're not allowed to practice. Yep. You're not allowed to be out there. So I guess there is some of that as well, maybe, that could be playing into this, even though a lot of them are veterans, as it is. Uh, anyway, Drew, I see one of the bets that uh, you're on this week that Gil and I also love. I think we love it a little bit more as a teaser leg, but I do think that it's kind of a, a straight-up win as well. But let's go ahead and take a look at this Bills team that's going to go in as two-and-a-half-point underdogs against uh, New England. Low total in this one. Again, if I can get eight-and-a-half with the Bills, I'm, I'm going to take eight-and-a-half with the Bills in this game all day long. I certainly love them paired up with either Green Bay or the Colts on Saturday, but uh, from just the, the two and a half here, we can pretty much pull nothing from that first game. So we're just handicapping this straight from from a, a from scratch here, right? For the most part, uh, with the exception of it looks like there's going to be wind in Foxborough on Sunday. I, I can't believe it myself. I'm laughing as I was looking at up the weather today, trying to get a gauge of what we were going to see. And I'm seeing they're calling for uh, 20 mile an hour winds with 30 mile an hour gusts in Foxborough on Sunday afternoon. So uh, potentially going to be a very similar type of condition. And uh, realistically, uh, whatever hope you would have that the offense would be there for the Patriots in this contest, I think goes right out the window because on top of the fact that they are limited in terms of warm bodies in the wide receiver position, uh, we kind of know what the plan A and plan B is going to be in terms of the offensive approach here for New England. And it's certainly not going to catch Buffalo by surprise considering they saw it three weeks ago. So uh, I think this should be a, a Bills, you know, Bills to lose type of a spot. Um, Bills, I thought, should have won the last contest if the ball bounces a little bit differently on a couple of key plays. Notably, the drop by uh, by Diggs that would have been, uh, you know, the huge rainbow touchdown from uh, Josh Allen in the third quarter, and then similarly uh, the red zone uh, pass. You know, pass breakup from uh, Allen to Knox that would have been uh, kind of the game-winning touchdown in the in the fourth quarter. There, I thought both of those had, uh, you know, were, were were smart, were well well drawn up plays and had reasonable chance to succeed. Allen is the better quarterback in this, uh, and I don't think it's especially close. And uh, you know, questions swirling in my mind 
about uh, what's going on with Bill Belichick and his in-game decision-making. Um, it has deteriorated over the years. We know that. Uh, the signal's there. He's not going for it as often on fourth down as he ought to. We don't really know why. Um, but, you know, some of the you know, some of the decisions, particularly in that Colts game, I think pretty much took the uh, win probability completely out of the picture for the uh, uh, Patriots in the second half. And, you know, they weren't playing well. Maybe he didn't think they stood much of a chance anyway. And he was just trying to kind of keep them in the game as long as possible, hoping that they were going to come up with a defensive play that was going to swing that game. But uh, realistically, that was a, a pretty poor performance, I thought, from the in-game coaching. And, uh, you know, I think you're going to need better than that from, against a Bills team that is uh, uh, putting a little bit more together offensively in these last couple of weeks than what we saw from them heading into the Patriots game. And I think uh, some consistency at the quarterback position, some, uh, you know, some more confidence behind, you know, Josh Allen and his connection with Diggs in particular, uh, I think is going to help them carry the day here. I don't think it's going to be a huge win here for the, for the bills. This isn't going to be uh, a one-sided affair at all. These two teams are pretty close together and they obviously know each other well. Um, but I think uh, bills ought to be a pick here, not a two and a half point dog. Did you hate Belichick? Cutting it to twenty to ten with nine minutes left with a field goal. Yeah, that was the worst of the decisions that he made in that game. I thought. Uh, I, 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 so I still funny. don't I, really understand. I didn't. I wasn't terribly upset with that. Of course, I had a Colts bet, so maybe that's why I wasn't. But like, I, I really well, didn't. On the next, on the next drive with seven yards to go, they had the play in their pocket. Then they got that touchdown so easily to Hunter Henry. Like if you have that play in your pocket, oh. use it on fourth and seven, the drive before, uh, you know, I, I didn't understand really the lack of urgency in that spot, particularly when you know, you're going up against a Colts team that's rostered to be able to put away the lead with their exceptionally strong ground attack. So, you know, you were playing with fire, not, not going for those points there. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really get a very satisfying answer as to what the rationale was. Uh, and, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see if that ends up becoming a, a major factor for them in the playoffs because Belichick and, and really the whole handicap of Belichick as a coach right now is, is a dichotomy because he prepares his team better than anyone else in the NFL for their opponent in a given week. And he has a couple of wrinkles and a couple of nuances in terms of his team, you know, you know, team specific game preparation that no other team, no other coach in the NFL can match. Uh, but then indecision, his uh, kind of as he's gotten older and his lack of aggressiveness has been tough to square with the fact that, uh, you know, the, he was at the forefront of a lot of, you know, pretty clearly he was at the forefront of a lot of analytical uh, decision making that was going on, um, you know, years and years uh, before anyone else even thought about uh, trying to exploit some of those small edges. So it's, it's a tough it's a, it's tough to square what's going on with uh, uh, Belichick and particularly his in-game decision-making and, and management of the game. And I think from a market standpoint, you've clearly seen the top in the Patriots in terms of, um, you know, people believing a little bit too much in terms of this team's ability to win a, uh, a few playoff games. If they had gotten the one seed, potentially, this is a team that may have gotten their, you know, found their way into a Super Bowl mix. Um, but now that they're potentially going to have to go on the road, now that you're, you know, you're going to expose Mac Jones to, uh, you know, some higher quality opponents and you're going to expose this defense to some higher quality offenses. I think the Patriots are a very long shot right now to uh, get to the Super Bowl.
You you did a great uh, dissertation on why you like the Ravens Bengals over this morning. Could you repeat that for us? Mm. Well, it, somewhat contingent on on uh, on on Lamar Jackson taking another week off here, but realistically, this is a beautiful matchup for both of these offenses. Uh, I like the Bengals uh, with their you know with their uh, contingent of wide receivers and tight ends going up against a Ravens team that lacks any and all uh, cornerback play right now, and uh, realistically. Um, you know, the, the, on the flip side, the, uh, the matchups against Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews just aren't there in the past defense for the Bengals. So this should be a wide open type of game. Realistically, I think, uh, both teams probably put all, as many chips as they, you know, whatever, whatever the wrinkles you got in your playbook, whatever the, whatever those funny, uh, plays that you practice for the special games, you know, the, the, the X factor plays, they're all coming out in this game. This is backs against the wall for both of these teams. Realistically, I think, uh, you're getting a pretty solid, you know, you pretty solid performances from, uh, uh, from both of these offenses uh, over the balance of the season. And uh, for whatever it's worth, Zach Taylor, not my guy necessarily to start, you know, to, to be a head coach for my team going forward. But uh, for whatever it's worth, he does sort of have uh, an understanding of when to be aggressive and, and what the stakes in a given game are. And I think you'll see some, some opportunity, you know, some, these teams will go for it on fourth down as opposed to, uh, you know, playing field position and punting. Uh, and realistically, I think, uh, you know, both of these defenses are a hair overrated right now. Drew, we've got about 45 seconds, but you do have a play in the NBA tonight. Oh, yes. So it's really funny. My, my NBA has been going extremely well this year so far. Uh, game by game, almost all sides. Uh, and f in the last couple of weeks, it's turned a little bit for where my biggest edges really aren't manifesting wins, but all the rest of everything is going well here. And so just keep that in mind because my biggest edge tonight was on the Phoenix Suns by a massive amount and the market moved hard against me. Uh, woke up, saw seven and a half and I thought, oh, maybe I'll get seven here. I'll wait and see what happens. This is market matures. Well, t you know, THT, uh, Horton Tucker and, and Dwight Howard clear protocol. They're declared in and the market moved to six and a half and I'll be, I cannot square those moves with those players availability and realistically the Suns are the best team in the NBA by every metric that I can come up with. Deepest team in the NBA. They have a humongous advantage when the second units are going to be on the floor. Uh, and I think uh, one of the sort of the quieter, you know, successful parts of the Suns is their uh, first unit defense in the fourth, fourth quarter has been days. So I laid the points with the Suns and expect them to get a couple. All right, Drew, we appreciate it at whale underscore capper. Thank you, Drew. Hey, best of luck. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody at the crew. Merry Christmas to you as well. Drew Densick, everybody, on VEASAN's Primetime Action. We'll update all the scores. Seahawks trying to take a lead again. It's VEASAN's Primetime Action. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget our betting splits. Splitting are, bets. <laughs> are available on the website at Visa.com. Latest betting splits on every game. Find out which games are seeing the most tickets written. Odds, data, analysis for each and every game. Start your next sports bet at Visa.com with our betting splits. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown. Uh, Eagles up 17 to 10 on Washington. 410 left in the third quarter. Philly really dominating at this point. No surprise. Again, Washington with a uh Quarterback off the practice squad of the New England Patriots some 10 days ago, Gary Gilbert. So Eagles up there 17-10 to 10 in that one. And uh, elsewhere, and this is an issue now, the Seahawks and the Rams are knotted up at 10 apiece. Yes. Late third quarter, Matthew Stafford just uh, took a sack. 
And this is getting dicey for the Rams, who are trying to now get in a tie with the Cardinals in the NFC West. They would still be, they would still lose the tiebreaker technically, but they would have the same record if they win this game. And the Seahawks, if they were to win, mathematically would still be alive in a playoff picture at six and eight. They'd be in the in the hunt category. In the hunt. Yeah. Was, over in the NBA, if there's three quarters that sound like this, so there it was 33 to 21, 35 to 24, and then 30 to 24. Ungood for the team that's on the other end Correct. of all that. Yeah, so the yes. Heat lead 98-69 to 69 at the end of three <laughs> Oh man! over Indiana. Uh, Duncan Robinson with 26 for the Heat through three quarters in that one. Chris Duarte does have 17 for people who have dead rookie of the year tickets <laughs> for him. Like, like you do. But, uh, but hey. You I know, haven't heard you talk about Chris Duarte hey, in a I'll while. Take, I'll take the 17 through three. Uh, go ahead and have you a 17-point fourth quarter there, my friend. Jacob, you have any rookie of the year NBA tickets? I know you're an NBA dude. Uh, no, actually, I'm just now looking at the NBA future markets. Last year, I was really good at this. I mm-hmm. got uh, Randall 25 to one, and then Thibodeau 16 to one coach of the year, like this time. So I was looking at the markets actually today. Going to hop in on Darius Garland, uh, most improved, and going to hop in on a um, gosh, my sixth man of the year. I, oh, Brunson, Brunson sixth man of the year, 31 41. JBT and I were talking about that before the show. I think those are, like, great tickets right now. Those are the futures I'm going to hop in on tonight, actually. Jacob knows his, his NBA, man. 60-1 to one on Thibodeau. What was your price on uh, Randall? 16-1 on Thibodeau. 16 to 1, 16 16 to to one, one. and then Randall, 25-1. to one. It was just, like, New York markets. Great story. Yeah. They're going to reward these guys. Yeah. Into the third, coming to the end of the third, Pistons and Knicks. Uh, Knicks up 78-69 to 69. in that one. Corey Joseph has 15 for the Pistons. Mitchell Robinson, 13 for the Knicks. At the half, Pelicans up 51 to 49 on the Blazers. Dame has 22 of those 49 Dame. at halftime. Dame time. Brandon Ingram has 18 of the Pelicans, 51. About eight minutes left in the second quarter. Timberwolves and Mavericks. Mavericks up 39 37. Carl Anthony Towns with 12 and 5 already in that one. Rams third and 12 backed up. First play of the fourth quarter. Stafford finds a man, but that is going to be short Scrum of check. the sticks. Is that your guy? Yeah, it is. Rams are going to have to punt, and Seahawks could. Oh, there's a flag though. Hold on. They face mask Scrum check. Did they? Did they face mask him at the end? No, I don't. I don't think so. You're just hoping. I'm just. Pete this, Carroll. Oh, but Pete seems concerned. himself. Beside himself. By the way, if you had San Diego State in the first half, a last-second field goal at the end of the second quarter gives you the cover in the first half of that one. San Diego State, 17-14 over UTSA. Come on. Come on. They're going to make a call. They're going to pick up the flag. What are they doing? They're making a call. Holding defense. Holding on defense. Automatic first down for the Rams. Oh, the bailout is real. <laughs> That's what they do. No matter what. Bailout no is matter real. What. Uh, one tip still to come in the NBA. We just talked to Drew Densick. He is on the Suns in this one. It is six and a half. There are seven starting to pop, so the money is coming back in. On the Suns in this thing, 223, 223, 223 and a half, and 224, all available as a total in that thing. So depending on where you're at, be sure and shop around. And we do only have one game in ice soccer tonight, Lightning and the uh, Knights. The Knights minus uh, 122 home favorites, plus 103 on the Lightning as road underdogs. How are the Eagles only beating Washington by seven? They are out yarding. Out total yarding Washington, 406 to 137. Oh, what a screen. Sonny Michelle. Is that Sonny Michelle or is it Daryl Henderson? Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle. Yeah. 17 to 10 Eagles. They are in field goal range. They'll have a third and 13. 
108 left in the third quarter there. By the way, live line, Eagles minus 14, minus 9,000 on the money line. Washington 22 to 1, down 7. Wow. Hmm. 20 to 1, down 7. Eagles are in field goal range, though. As far as the uh, Seahawks and the Rams knotted up at 10 with the Rams with the football, still on their side of the field, but a first and 10 at the at their own 38. Rams are four-and-a-half-point favorites with the total at 33. Stafford approaching 200 yards passing in this one there, and that will get him there. A little pass to Van Jefferson. Hmm. Let's look at uh, let's take a look at uh, Coach of the Year odds, Yeah, if we could. No blind resume here. All right. But Bill Belichick is your short shot. Even money. And probably should be. Probably you know, should be. I mean, it's... Look, LaFleur, I think... That's the big mover. ...could make a really... I mean, you know, if you if you like the Bills... So here, here's, here's one way you could play this thing. I mean, if you like the Bills this week, mm-hmm. the Bills beat the Patriots, LaFleur becomes the short shot, right? Correct. So you would want to bet him now before this week's game. This is what we were doing this morning with this. We're like... Who of these guys, who of the long shots? So let's take Belichick and LaFleur off the table for a second, right? Because they are correctly, I think, the short shots. But of the other guys, what are the paths for these other guys, right? So Kingsbury, uh, the Cardinals would have to win out, win the division, and they'd have to do I don't even know if there's a path for him anymore, quite frankly. Maybe there is. Maybe I mean, if they got the number one seed, maybe. But do we really think that's going to happen now? Frank Reich, is there a path for him? If they went out, win the division. It's the only way. Be the only way. But that's the same thing to be said with, with Zach Taylor, right? Zach Taylor. I think I think Taylor and Wright are in the same boat. If both of those teams went out and win those divisions, yeah. there's gonna at least be some serious talk for those guys. Now they might not it might not be enough to overtake Belichick if they were able to go ahead and, and win and, and same with the floor, but there would be some serious talk between both of those guys. Especially yeah. when you look at the Colts who everyone thought was dead. A third of the way through the season. Jacob pointed this out that Sean Payton went from eighty to one to forty to one without being on the sideline. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> this guy cut in half by not showing that's, up. That's the best way to do it. Mike McCarthy, I don't think there's a path. Right. Dallas is not going to get the number one seed. They're going to win the division. I just don't think there's any chance that Mike And McCarthy, the division isn't strong enough. Yeah, it's not strong to, enough. To to like say, Oh, well look at that. They you know, whatever like it's it's different because when you look at Zach Taylor, I mean, every one of those teams in that division is gonna finish yeah. At, you know, above 500 or at, right at 500. So um, there is at least a path with that. Brandon Staley would have to, the Chargers would have to win that division, mm-hmm. right, which would take a Chiefs collapse at this point. And he would have to have a series of fourth down gems that would get him. <laughs> Otherwise, he's nice. So he's probably no. Mike Vrabel, there's actually, I'm going to make, there's a case for Mike Vrabel still. Because if the Titans win the division, still could get a number one seed. And if they do that, without having any of their players for over a month, any of their best players, there's a case for Mike Vrabel. I think there's, oh, Cooper Cup to the house. What a catch. 16-10 Rams. This, Cooper, this offensive player of the year race is going to be extremely interesting. Between him and Taylor. Because yeah. you're, you're splitting hairs with either one of these guys. It's, they're amazing. Yeah. Both of them are amazing. Cooper Cup set the single-season franchise record for receptions already in this game. Isaac Bruce's 
long-standing St. Louis Rams record goes out the door. There, someone put a, someone put a, a tweet out that he is averaging more yards per game in the NFL than he did his senior year in high school, where he was like a <laughs> like one of the top recruits or whatever, and also like he, than he did in high school. Remember his early days with the Rams too? He was always this kind of middling fantasy player. You're like, oh, I'll pick up Cooper Cup, sure. But Matt Stafford and him love each other, man. Touchdown Rams. Rams take their first lead since they were up three to nothing in this game. 17 Did I just to see 10. a linebacker covering him? Because if that was the case. That would be the matchup that's, he would want. That's, yes. that's a mismatch. Which might be why it was such yeah. an easy touchdown right there. That's big. So the Rams uh, take the lead here. 10.56 left in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I mean, so, it, so the thing about Vrabel is... is I guess what I'm saying is of the long shots, he's the one I could make the best case for because there's an actual line to it. But it's still Belichick or LaFleur. And I think it's like, but it's the same. So I think the same thing could be said for Taylor, for Vrabel, and, well, maybe not. Maybe not right. But but but, Vrabel's thing is he didn't have his players. All three of them. No, but what I'm saying, all three of them could be dead after this week. Oh, 100%. Like, like 100%. if they don't win these games this yes. week, all three could be dead. I would agree with DOA that as well. On the, after, after this I week. would agree with that as well. Yeah. I mean, look, Vrabel, Kingsbury, and Belichick all lost this past week. So, you know, Belichick is just sort of the leader because he only lost one game in yeah. a row as opposed to two. So, uh, all of this is a very fluid situation. And uh, good on you if you have the ability to bet on these. Yes. We do not uh, get the, f- we'd, uh, the updated markets. We don't really get that. Right. Here, but you know, in Las Vegas, we're not wanting to ever talk about no, that. Though. It's never come up on the show before. We we'll come back. Every now and then. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll update the games. It's getting down pretty interesting in both of these. Rams and Eagles finally getting space though from them and their opponents. They were big favorites, both of them, and maybe it'll get there. Coming back, Veasan's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, do not forget that uh, play card always is ready to roll. Uh, take advantage of this uh, offer. Uh, play card here, play card debit MasterCard. Get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Visit playcard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification, terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank NA. Member FDIC. Washington uh, is not done yet, but a penalty. It was a big DeAndre Carter end around, but a penalty knocks it back. So Washington not knocking at the door, but in plus territory, first and 13 after that flag. The uh, Aaron Donald causing trouble. Aaron Donald yeah. being a menace. That guy just causing trouble in this one. We got a, a DPI against um, against Jalen Ramsey again, uh, and DK Metcalf, and it was it was on replay. The thing was, is we, we we thought it was on the pass itself. We were like, come on, man, there's no yeah. chance. It was it was before the pass before actually got thrown. It, yeah. So, um, and it was it was definitely a pass interference, which extended that drive because that was a third down. But then Aaron Donald doing Aaron Donald things, just uh, you can't block him with two guys. So he's back there. We were just talking about this all fair, and I know this has nothing to do with betting, but it, but it's worth bringing up again. We, we take ourselves just out of the betting mindset for one second. The Browns yesterday and Washington today. And I'm not sitting here and telling you, uh, by the way, Washington could still win this game. But, and I'm not sitting here and making the case that Washington would have made the playoffs. But for both the Browns and Washington, what a terrible way to go out. If this is. 
on your own terms, and you're going to look back on the 2020 season. In Washington's case, you're going to be like, yeah, remember that year we had to get a practice squad quarterback from a different team, and he ended up starting a road game and a standalone game, you know, like when we were six and seven, and if we had won, we'd be in the playoff picture. Where, know, we didn't have our stand, where, where we didn't have our standout offensive lineman, and we didn't have our... Oh, Garrett Gilbert to the house. He heard me. Oh, no, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's going to be down at the one, not to the house. It's going to be down by contact at the one. So <laughs> I'm just saying they could still win. But if this is the difference, right, if they lose Bates, by the way, down to the one, if we, you know, if, if both of those teams, what a bitter, it's, it's a global pandemic, man, because we've never seen anything like this before. And just this is almost worse than last year in the sense that, Really, only that Denver game against New yeah. Orleans were, was a team hamstrung so beyond belief that they had no chance. Remember, Kendall Hinton went one for nine in that game. But here you have two football teams that were in the playoff pictures of their respective conferences. Washington, I shouldn't use were. I shouldn't use past tense. They still have a shot here. And they do get in the end zone. So it's going to be 20 to 16, extra point pending. A lot of football left, man. Kendall Hinton threw three times as many passes as Mac Jones did in that game against the Bills. <laughs> Other way around. Oh, yeah, three times as many passes. That's right. Oh, nice play by Jalen Ramsey. Underthrown pass by Russell Wilson because DK Metcalf was wide open. And it was severely underthrown. And Jalen gave Jalen Ramsey enough time to get back. So Seattle will have to punt. 749 left. That was on Russell Wilson. So that has this as seven heavily juiced in favor of the Rams. I imagine that's going to change now that this this play is oh. is over. 33 and a half, your live total. And if you think that the Seahawks win this thing outright, you can get 7 to 1 on them. Only down a touchdown. 7 to 1 on them. Now this that, game out seven times, they don't win this game. Now that I just gave Washington's eulogy, I hope they uh, come back and win this. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Make this extra point. Nothing's Nothing's easy. 2017. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. By the way, that Russell Wilson, that, oh boy, that would have been a huge play, would have gotten the uh, Seahawks at least down to about the 20-yard line, not to be. That Jalen Ramsey's pretty good. Well, he had time to come back, for sure, but yes, he made a nice play. Nice play on that. So you have the Rams in how many uh, teasers or parlays, or what do you got them in? I have the Rams-Eagles money line parlay. Mm Mm-hmm. And Looking then I good. have both of them in teasers closing out yesterday with the uh, with the Vikings. The Rams closing out with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, so I have Rams and Eagles, both. Rams and Eagles. I have I had a, oh, I had a Vikings, go. Eagles, Vikings. There you Rams. go. There yeah. it is. There you go. In um, visual form, there's yeah. the ads bets. So neither one of these are feeling neither one neither one of these incredibly comfortable right now. So the Eagles you know, score some points. The Eagles are dominating this football game. Like dominating it. How are they only up three? Score some points. They just can't cash them in. Score some points out there. And, guys. of course, the turnovers early were big. Yeah, I mean, that, that boy, that Viking, and, and you know, I, I know you were on the Bears, but that. Bears plus seven. That, But that Viking, I mean, like, that Vikings team, man, if you're a Vikings fan, you, you, you must get done every game and just ram your head into the wall. Oh. Like, and to be a fan of that team <laughs> is, like, every game. Poke your pupil out with yeah, a sharpened number two pencil. Yeah, you ram your head against the wall. It's just like, <laughs> cannot do, I mean, you, you get to these leads, you, you can't extend the leads, then you can't hold the leads once you do get them. It's just, oh, it, man. there's just, it's got to be the most frustrating, 
frustrating team in all of 2021 to be a fan of, well, for sure. It, you said something even more harrowing at the beginning of the show, which is what if their record is good enough to keep Mike Zimmer? Oh, and it probably is going to be. That would be the ultimate. That would and you be have to endure ultimate. another season of this. I'm already apologizing. I already feel sorry for you out there, Minnesota fans. Well, Eric Eager, Dr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, Dr. Mr. Eric Eager, his, his uh, famous line, if you keep making coin flip suboptimal, if you keep making suboptimal decisions during games, you shouldn't be surprised that every one of your games comes down to a coin flip. By the way, speaking of Offensive Player of the Year, Jacob has uh, updated Offensive Player of the Year numbers for us. So at the top of this segment, Cooper Cup was plus 150, and then after you finished the read, he had moved down to plus 110. These are at points bet, with Jonathan Taylor going from minus 130 to minus 140. Also note at points bet, if you think Dak's going to come back Player of the Year, only minus 350 there. So a little bit better price. Give me the Offensive Player of the Year numbers again. It's Cooper Cup from plus 150 to plus 110, and Taylor now minus 130. From minus 140. Yes. Okay. Um, That makes sense. All right. So, Taylor, the very small favorite now. We we said this on the break, and I, you know, we'll we'll say it over over here. It's like both are deserving. Cup is to wide receiver what Taylor is to running back this year in the NFL, where it's kind of they have they have put a, a good bit of distance between themselves and who we would consider to be number two in those categories. And that's that's. Not to say that we don't have a league full of awesome receivers and a league full of awesome running backs, but those two guys have separated themselves so much at those positions. And so when they got to vote for this thing at the end of the year, you go, well, this Jonathan Taylor, like, look at all these running back stats he had. And then you go over and you look at Cooper Cup and you're like, oh, well, look at all these games yeah. that he had at wide receiver. It's, I, I don't know how you vote I, on it. I don't, I don't know. know. You know, Offensive Player of the Year, AP, it's the Associated Press Offensive Player of the Year. Again, historically, whenever we bring this up, we always should note this. They've given out this award since 1972. A wide receiver has won it three times. That's it. Twice to Jerry Rice and once to Michael Thomas in Michael Thomas's spectacular 2019 season. Every other time, it's a quarterback or a running back. Now, that shouldn't have any bearing on this in a perfect world, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe there's something about this award where they just refuse to give it to wideouts. I, I think Cooper Cup is certainly, he is certainly of Thomas status. Yeah, I mean, it, the, these game logs is the same thing whenever you look down Taylor's, right? When you look down Cooper Cup, 7 for 108, 9 for 163, 9 for 96. He had one game that could be considered a bad game. There's one game on Jonathan Taylor's as well. He had 5 for 64 in week four. Outside of that, 7 for 92, 9 for 130, 10 for 156, 7 for 115, 11 for 95, 11 for 122, 7 for 96, 8 for 129, 13 for 123, and then whatever he's got tonight as he adds to uh, yeah. as he adds to his, his resume. This Rams offensive line is getting crushed by the Seahawks, by the way. Seahawks are going to end up with good field position. Oh, what he has seven. tonight is 9 for 136. Oh, already. that's it? Yeah. Already. So, and we, it, it, we, it's the same thing when you read down Taylor's, though. So it's just remember, like, yeah, I went through it yesterday, yeah. game by game. It was like touchdown, two yeah. touchdowns, touchdown, four touchdowns, touchdown, and huge yardage. And they had a quarterback who completed five passes. That's the, I mean, that is the one thing that you almost have to tip the scales to Taylor is look who's around Cooper Cup. He's got Matthew Stafford as his quarterback. And if you're, well, I mean, I guess you could say Taylor's offensive line is great, but he doesn't have a quarterback to like, He's he's the biggest part of that offense by far, right? Because T.Y. Hilton's been in and out of the lineup. Pittman's had a good year, but 
I mean, that's, he's the guy. And at least with the Rams, I mean, not really, right? But Stafford at least has a quarterback. I don't know. I'm just – you can't parse between the two. It's, it's going to be yeah. – I, I can't imagine if, like, I was one of these voters and had to go, which one of these guys is better? Yeah, and you what just would go, you like, do? I mean – Neither one of them is better than the other one. It's just they're, they play different positions. They're awesome at their different positions. Like, neither one of them is better. And neither one had them a better year than the other one. I know what you would do. You'd be like, I'm giving it to Matt Stafford. Or you'd, be, you'd, you'd go to a quarterback. You would just yeah, avoid just like, the question. Yeah, third option. Yeah, I'm third gonna, option. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go who, with it, whoever doesn't win the MVP between <laughs> yeah, Brady and Rodgers. Third option. I'm going to give him just that. Just go third option. Uh, midfield for the Seahawks. Down seven. And uh, it's going to be third and short here and plus territory for the Seahawks down seven, 440 left. This is getting serious in Los Angeles at SoFi. Meanwhile, three-point game in Philly. So we got, uh, we got some uh, fantastic finishes perhaps coming up in both of these games where it doesn't look like, uh, well, at least in the Rams' case. Well, I mean, both teams could still cover. Both teams could still lose. We're in that sort of situation. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll update all the scores. We'll follow these down the stretch on VEASAN's primetime action live from the South Point. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, I just want to point this out here. We have Rams, Bets, Moneyline, Parlay Legs. The the Seahawks just got hosed. There was a fourth, so Pete Carroll had to, had to be killing Pete Carroll that he had to go for it fourth and six with over three minutes left at midfield. By the way, he burned all 40 seconds and had to call timeout. Yes. So, yeah, so he, he, he wasted 40 timeout. seconds and then had to call timeout, yes. Yeah. So he goes for it, and... Uh, Russell Wilson throws a pass to DJ Dallas. They keep showing the replay because this is so clearly P.I. Yeah. Look at that. And the, the refs hold, the, the officials keep the flags in their pockets, which is unconscionable. I just, this league will kill you. This, I mean, I'm just telling you, we bet on this. And this one went our way. But I just think if we're being yeah. honest, right, let's, let's point it out when it goes our way. That's, oh, we missed a touchdown. Eagle scored. Eagles scored a touchdown. Yeah, I missed that. 7.46 left, 27-17 Eagles. So the Seahawks are not done because they do have, uh, I think they just used their second timeout. So they, they have one, that was another thing, by the way, to burn the timeout, right? But they have one timeout and the two-minute warning, second and nine for the Rams. But, that un, but DJ Dallas, in frustration, kicked the football. And what that did was move the ball. <laughs> Remember, it was at midfield. Yeah into sort of borderline field goal range yeah. as well. So it compounded the issue because now even if the Seahawks get a stop, the Rams could put it away with a field goal. That was it was a, a actually a really good Greg Ward adjustment catch there for the Eagles is how they scored. Man. It's too good to be true with Washington. It was the uh it was the it was the classic underthrown ball. Yeah. But we see that get called oh, 90% of the time. 98% of the time. I, I made the statement. If that was the other way around and that was Stafford throwing a Cooper Cup, you don't think that gets called? Come on. 90% of the time that, that gets called. And uh, there was the unsportsmanlike, which brought it, and I think the Rams got an additional first down. So it's here's the thing. It's going to go down the two-minute warning here. It's going to be third and 14. The Seahawks do have one timeout left, but... The Rams just kick a field goal, put this game away for all intents and purposes at this point. And uh, DJ Dallas is still beside himself on the sideline. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah. Now, 
his team is still going to ream him for kicking that for football. kicking the yeah, football yeah, yeah. because yes. now you basically lost them the game for sure now Correct. because you moved them automatically into field goal range. Yes. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of the word ream in that situation. Yes, yes. ream him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Ream him. Uh, but yeah, what that's brutal. It's brutal. That's why this league is so t- plays like that. Again, that went our way, so we're pumped. Also pumped that San Diego State is up ten. Garrett Gilbert. Trying to engineer a comeback now, down ten. You know they were in in the one thing. Now, the rehash of the XFL was obviously a joke, but the having the one referee in the booth for every game. Yes, it's a who, great thing. Who was the eye in the sky? Who Lord, lords could, over? Who could look at that yeah. and say, "No, that's a flag." Like the multi-billion-dollar league here still has these things where we just shake our head and go. We still don't microchip the ball. We still run up, and we just guess where the ball is supposed to go. That's not subject to replay. We guess where we we guess if the guy has a first down or not. We have geriatric men run down the sideline holding these chains, like literally holding sticks with chains on them. Gil, think, think about that play though. Was there is no doubt about that play? Right, right. It was so clearly a pi. There's not there no official threw a flag. They all looked at each other and was like, oh, we're, we're holding it. We're all keeping it in our pockets. We're doing this. And then after a few beats of the <laughs> a few seconds go by, they're like, yeah, I guess we're doing this. And the Rams are going nuts, and DJ Dallas kicks the ball. There's your ball game. The uh, Maybe it was just like the – maybe it was like the karma and all of that because it was – it was second and six, and, you know, they – I mean, it was third and five, and then they ran the ball. <laughs> Serves him right. With Rashad Penny. Yeah. Like, it's third and five. We got to establish Pete the Car- run. Pete Carroll couldn't resist to yeah. run the ball on third and five right there. <laughs> and then they burned 40 seconds and then called timeout. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe there was just some karma going on there. By the way, you are not going to you are not gonna kill Garrett Gilbert dead. 635 left. Moves the chains here as he hits uh, Adam Humphrey's third down conversion. Cover uh, all you want. Just don't win. All I need is a half – I need a half-point win by the Eagles. I just need the Eagles to win by three-quarters of a point. Go. Have you no heart. Just – I just need a three-quarters of a point win. I understand. Just win by Rouge. Yeah, and now the uh, Rams are going to – the Seahawks are going to use their last timeout. 156 left. Rams are going to attempt a 35-yard field goal, which would obviously make this a two-score game as Matt Gay comes out. Have you have you uh, studied his uh, – his kicking motion for your your thing when you do your field goals. He's he's a good one. He's a good one to get. He has a real strong plant leg, and and what I do like about him <laughs> stout. is yeah, he's stout. Yeah, I do like his follow through. I think would be more along the lines of my follow through. Oh, so I do. It. I do like his Garrett Gilbert to DeAndre. Oh no, that's not DeAndre. That's Sims. Sims. Yeah, at the uh, at uh, midfield, five thirty nine left and ticking. Let's go over in the NBA. Heat win one twenty five ninety six over the Pacers. Looking down that box score, if you're looking for any big games, uh, Drew is Drew is on the Suns tonight. You like that yes. play? N- none, none on the Indiana side. But uh, Duncan Robinson had 26 for the Heat, and then Tyler Hero also had 26 for the Heat in that one. So they both have big games. The Knicks get it done big time in the fourth quarter. And uh, win 105-91 over the Pistons. As far as big games in that one, you're really going to look down. Fournier had 22 for the Knicks. Uh, 
Walker had 21. Randall had 21. So three different guys there in the 20s for them. Halftime, Dallas up 11 on Minnesota, 61 to 50. And then New Orleans has taken a seven-point lead over Portland a little bit into the fourth. We still have a lot of, lot of basketball left there in that one. Sorry to step on you. Didn't know no you were going full box score there. No worries. Suns at Lakers tonight. Uh, Drew Dinsick on the Suns laying the points. And one hockey game today, and it'll be the last hockey game for five days at least. Lightning at the Golden Knights tonight. I know you're emptying the account tonight on this one. This has uh, evened up. So minus 115 on the Knights, minus 105 on the Lightning. So you have lost your plus money opportunity on the Lightning. If you waited around. <laughs> you waited too long. You waited Matt, too long. Matt Gay, by the way, bisects the uprights. So 20 to 10 Rams. See his follow through? Yeah, I did. 20 to 10 Rams. Uh, Garrett Gilbert, meanwhile, matriculating the ball down the field, finds his uh, apparently his favorite receiver, Adam Humphreys, to the uh, 40-yard line. So when I say matriculate, I mean deliberately, very slow. Down 10, need two scores. Let's go. Let's pick it up. Are there any? I don't think there's any left-footed kickers in the league right now. I don't believe so. So it's really hard for me to find video of what I need to do with my, for my left, <laughs> left-footed 21-yarder. Uh, yes. I'm going to have to go look up some old Morton Anderson foot footage. really taking this seriously. I yeah. appreciate that. I'm going to get some Morton Anderson tape study in. Oh, I'm going to get this thing, all the haters out there. All right, so Seahawks now. Now, obviously, the spread in this Rams-Seahawks game still in the balance. Not so much Rams' money line. That would take a miracle here. Yes, there, the there are a lot of people screaming for a garbage yes. score here. Yes. Back door is open for the Seattle Seahawks. Second and one at their own 34. Minute 30 left. Wilson gets a first down pass over the middle uh, to, uh, to DJ Dallas. And that'll be a new set of downs. 120 left. Clock ticking. Remember, the Seahawks have no timeouts Oof. left. Meanwhile, Washington now in a third down situation with 329 left. And that one down 10. Wilson, scrambling, flushed out to the right. Mallet finger downfield. Throws it deep, got a man. Oh, oh and he overthrows. It's oh. too much mallet in that one. Eskridge was wide open, too. Yeah. Had him. Had him. Just way too much mallet there. This is, I'll tell you what, this is a great feeling knowing that your your Rams money line is, is in, but people are sweating a, a spread here. Yeah. I know, and I'm not sweating anything. No, I'm not sweating anything. Um, I'm golden, yeah. I mean, I would like to see Washington make a game of this, but that has nothing to do with bets. Come I, on, I, like Garrett said, Gilbert. I'm fine with Washington making oh. it a game. I just need the Eagles to win by three quarters of a point. Oh, Garrett Gilbert, what was that? He got tripped up. Fourth down for Washington. Do a little underhand pass there. They got completed <laughs> to lose them three yards. Seriously, we're playing a practice with a practice squad quarterback <laughs> from another team 10 days ago. It's ridiculous. Sorry, I mean, it's, come on. Can't emphasize that enough. All right. Washington down to, I won't say it's their final play, but it's kind of their final play. Talk me out of taking the Panthers plus 11. The Panthers are terrible. Yeah, I mean, no, I know I'm I'm well aware. That's but it's my like whole the, case. The Bucks is like, they're yeah. going to have nobody out there. Yeah, that's true. By the way, quarterback controversy. They going Darnold? They going uh, Cam? Who would you rather, if you're taking the Panthers, who would you rather Darnold? For, for sure. Oh, Garrett Gilbert just got hit and fumbled. and What's that? That's the, the most casual that. fumble recovery I've ever seen in yes, my life. Yes, that was the one-handed, <laughs> one-handed on the fly. Not as good as uh, was it Hecker who did that thing, that rugby collection. That all right, Seahawks uh, trying to make some noise. Fifty-eight seconds left. Washington down ten. These both look only to have spreads in the balance at this point. I think we have our winners. We've done all we can do. The nightcap. Tim Murray next. 
right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.